Welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. This is your host, Scott Wilson. Mr. Smith, welcome to the Marketing for Business podcast. Yeah, enough of the Mr. Smith, but the <laughs> Scott, but anyway. Mate, I'm looking forward to this chat. Like, it's not very often that you get to go full circle and interview one of your school teachers. I remember <laughs> Papanoi High, uh, you were probably my favourite uh, teacher, and I'll oh, say yeah. that. Well, Mr. you and Mr. Delkey, because he yeah. was outdoor education, yeah. and you were physical education, two things that I really excelled at. The rest of it, I was kind of a blur <laughs> at school, so it's, it's great to, to have you on. Oh, it's got wonderful to be here. And, um, you know, one of the things about teaching is that, and I talked to a group of coaches last night, that often your gratification of the stuff you do is actually delayed, and it's often years. Yeah. You know, to see people like you that you taught and thought you might have had a, a part to do with their lives, and then years down the track you reconnect. Yeah. Uh, it's it, That's kind of the thrill. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you just got to – and it's coaching – Teaching all those professions, often you don't get the immediate hit. Yeah. No. It's, it's years down the years track. Years down the track. Yeah. yeah. So to come along and, and you ask me to be on here is just, uh, yeah, look, I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating chat. And one of the things, are, look, we talk about business success. Obviously, you own your own business now. We talk about uh, marketing and mindset. And I really wanted to go deep on the mindset. Uh, aspect today because I know that you are, you know, high performance leader at the Crusaders. Um, there's obviously some massive learnings there that we as business owners, and I, I think that's the key I want to get from today is my audience is business owners. They're in the day to day, whacking in the cracking. And, you know, I just spoke with a guy before. Uh, he's got issues around staffing. He's got he doesn't understand marketing. That's why they're coming to speak to us. But there's a whole whole thing there, and and, and I think you know when I look at at you, uh, I wanted to have some really good conversations around leadership, uh, around how people bring in a purpose, bring in a vision, bring in their core values, because that's some stuff I've really worked hard on as a business. But I think you know uh, you could bring your experience. Obviously, high performance at New Zealand cricket. So. Uh, and then now running your own business, Lightsmith. So I think it's going to be a great conversation for business owners. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask you some hard questions. But at the start, I want to know um, your journey, like PE teacher, to now running your own business, uh, being part of the Crusader environment, being part of New Zealand cricket, being part of high-performance sport. How, how did you get there? What what led you to you know there? Yeah, uh, look, I... Uh... I think everything you do in your previous parts of your life prepare you for whatever it is you end up building, mm. you know? Yeah, true. <clears throat> and you just got to build on that. Um, and I had a bit of clarity around that when I came across some uh, a research or a professor at, at Stanford University called Crumboltz yep. that a colleague put me on to. And Crumboltz was a professor of career planning. And, oh, he wow. is, he, and he had a theory or a model of what's called happenstance. Yep. So he said in the day and age that we live now, or early, in the early 2000s, 1990s, careers were no longer linear nor lifelong. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And so I kind of knew that there was probably something else. I mean, I loved my teaching. Yeah. And I got to a point where I had a choice in 2000, high performance sport reformatted their way they did yeah. things. I had an opportunity to go there, or I was already an assistant principal at Papanui High School. Okay. I could have gone into educational leadership, yeah. and I'd done post-grad. I had a choice, and mm. that timing allowed me to make the choice that I wanted to make. Yeah, yeah. It was only afterwards that I discovered Crumbolts, and, and he talks about being in a position where you have done stuff that provides you with an opportunity to make yeah. a choice. 
Yeah. So that postgrad that you're doing, that wasn't, um, was that leading towards that, uh, being a principal? Yeah, it was educational yeah. leadership, but yeah. the leadership principles were the same as was, I would use now. I'm, there's yeah. still stuff there that I'm using now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, absolutely. And, you know, that was quite impactful. So how many yeah. years were you a teacher? Uh, I got close to 20. I did 16 at Papanui. Yep. Uh, I did a couple at Rangiora and I did a couple overseas. So oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was yeah. So I so I you was pretty in in that system and in yeah, it was yeah. What but, did you love about teaching the most? Like, what was your? Well, I'm not trying to blow smoke here, Scotty, but but you know, people, it was students like you. I mean, yeah. Papanui had a had a, a reputation, but it was it wasn't deserved because no. there were some great kids there. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, the likes of yourself. Um, uh, Bondi, um, you know, <laughs> Dion Murphy. I just some of the names are coming yeah. up. Some of the young ones, Stacey Broadhurst. Yeah. Uh, wow, well, I just, you know, um, yeah. it, it, it was. I enjoyed the diversity, and that's how I grew up. I grew yeah. up in a blue collar family, yeah. diversity, and I think that represented our society. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Um, and just seeing, knowing that some of the stuff you were doing was making a difference. Yeah, yeah. And how do you leave the safety net of, of obviously teaching 20 years? It's pretty easy to stay in that environment, but was it, did you have that nagging, hey, there's more for me, there's more for me? Yeah, look, um, I, th I think going in, uh, so so the high performance system changed after Sid uh, after Sydney Olympics, and yep. the academy of sports system. The Olympics wasn't great. Though. It wasn't great. No, no, we had a poor, poor Olympics, so they changed. And, and funnily enough, no high performance coach support system had existed in New Zealand. There was stuff done oh, wow. through the Sports Foundation and stuff like that, but nothing really existed. And so I was fortunate I went in at the ground level, Greenfields, yeah. um, being led by a guy from Spark called Don Tricker. Okay. And so Don's um, yeah, you know, pretty influential, uh, coached the Black Sox, yeah. uh, really uh, project manager in the IT industry, yeah. big, big brain. Yeah. And Don was, so yeah, a high performance coach. Uh, he'd been a black sock as well, and to work with him uh, just at that ground level and start layering in, hey, this is what high performance looks like. Yeah. So I was able to bring, I guess, the the educational aspect. Yep. Don had system and structure. Wow. Perfect. From his, Perfect and, and I was able to come in with educational, and there was another guy there who was also from an educational background, and we were able to just layer and yeah. start layering stuff. Nice. Um, but it, was that what was missing from, or, or there just wasn't anything around supporting the athletes? Were athletes kind of, and their coaches? Well, it was more, it, they were actually, so, so coaches definitely, yeah. and the athletes not to the same extent, but yeah. certainly they were. Yeah. And there was some, uh, there was some really, you know, if you think about business, leadership is crucial. Um, so I was fortunate, the first CEO of the Academy of Sports South Island was Kieran Smith. So okay. Kieran became... Um, chief of uh, New Zealand Olympic Committee. Okay. She's just currently yeah. stepped down. She's one of the most, you know, she's recognised yeah. one of the most influential female yeah. sports leaders in the world. Brilliant. You know, awesome leader um, in terms of saying, hey, we're Any relation? No, no relation. We were at university together <laughs> though. Um, and she recognised coaching. We've got to, oh. we've got to um, from a leadership perspective, there's no use us putting all this mm. stuff towards the athletes yeah. if we haven't got leadership in place. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so business parallel you know, you, you've got to work on yourself as a leader yeah. because your, your workers or your people you employ, yeah. i.e. athletes, they're not going to get the best out of you, yeah. you know, and you're not going to get the best out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something that you're looking at now, What you know, in your business, Lightsmith? Is that like what is that what you do now, working with leaders and, and working on them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I've 
put together a, a piece of work based on all the stuff I've done over the years. Um, I, ca- I kind of call it thought leadership, Scott, because, yep. you know, um, at the first and for- foremost point, people have to become self-aware of yep. how they think, yep. what they think, yep. and how that might influence other people. Yeah, totally. You know? And until we actually sit back and take some time to contemplate that, yeah. we're not then in a position to start helping ourselves get better. And that's yeah. a little bit what Crumboltz, again, yeah. if we go back to Crumboltz, he said one of the things you need to do in this happenstance world is accurate self-assessment. Yes. So the ability like to reflect, yep. feedback from peers and colleagues, yes. extensive networking, which I know you're really yeah. good at, yeah. extensive networking, yeah. continual learning, yeah. formal and informal, yeah. and then be in positions where either economically or geographically you are able to make adjustment yeah. to take take advantage of an opportunity. Yeah. So you know, I'm happy to say I, I've taken a couple of haircuts for roles. Yeah. Yep. Stepped out of a role. Yeah, yeah. And gone down. Yeah. But but what I've got a saying, you know, you're either you're either you know, we get a lot of people come and want to work for us, and and look, I've got a stage. What stage are you? Are you you're learning or you're earning stage? Because if you're at your learning stage, um, you better be good. Yeah, and and what you're representing right now is not that good compared to I've got some people that are in their learning stage. Yeah, that are really, really that are that are going places. So we've actually hired from outside the industry at the moment because people are in their learning stage, and they're prepared, and we give them the space to take those risks. Um, so so it's interesting because you were prepared to take the haircut because you were in that earning or that learning stage. And and it's really interesting you mentioned that because one of the things we do with with coaches, particularly around their planning and how they help athletes learn, yeah. we say to the coaches, is what you're doing with these this team, these players, this group of athletes, yeah. is it a learning activity yeah. or is it a performance activity? Yeah. Yeah. And be clear yeah. because they look different. They do look different, right? And performance requires the learning to occur. Yeah. And this is messy. Learning's messy, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, because everyone learns at different paces, languages and we invariably have a dip you know there's the old what they call the implementation yeah. dip or yeah. the learning pool yeah you, you actually dip first before yeah. you come back you come out back because out. that's the nature of it. yeah and uh, once we understand that yeah. um I talked to a guy last night he he's coaching a team but he actually owns a building company and he was talking about his apprentices yep same thing you know yeah. so this so stuff's true. out there yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so so do you see your role now um, and look, we're not going to not go through about the Crusader stuff, so keep, keep listening. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people when I said I'm interviewing you yeah, today, they, yeah, yeah. they wanted me to ask some questions. Okay, yeah, happy to. But, yeah. but, but also, you know, let's like, is that what you're doing with businesses now? You're helping them with those two? I'm the, going the, in the, the challenging, challenge, ch- yeah, yeah, challenging their thinking. So saying, hey, you know, how are, it's that, you know, Michael Jackson, man yeah. in the mirror, yeah. or person in the mirror. Nice. How, how accurate is that? And then, then, what about the people in front of you? Yeah. And, you know, what bias do you bring with you? Um, you know, yeah. what's our inference and assumptions we're making? Um, just challenging some of that thinking. Yeah. What are some of the common issues you're coming up with right now? Because obviously we've been through, if you look at like Christchurch especially, or even, you know, it looks like globally we're going through something at the moment, right? Uh, where we're coming out the back of a, of a, you know, COVID and everything. And, you know, people, we were talking before, people, some people want to run home and work at home. Some people want to sprint into the office. There's a whole different bunch of things going on for business owners. What, what are you seeing as some of the issues that are popping up right now? Well, uh, rather than issues, what I'm seeing is that uh, being involved with high performance sport New Zealand, as I still am, and, mm. and different little contracts 
we there's a program called Core Knowledge, which sort of emerged out of COVID uh, because it was a big hole in high performance coach development. Yep. Interestingly enough, <laughs> uh, for the last probably post earthquake, uh, yep. it had a lot to do with it yep. for Christchurch in particular. Um, and this was set up, um, and, and the early stuff was done online just because of the nature of COVID. Yep. But, you know, um, coaching or leadership or business yep. is a contact sport. Yes, yes. It's a contact sport. It's totally. an interactive, you've yeah. got to have human beings. Yeah. And so we're finding um, one of the pleasing things is that we're getting face-to-face. -face. So as I was in Auckland last week uh, with a group of coaches, I'll be here in Christchurch next week with another group of coaches for three days. The face-to-face, -face, that interaction... Yep. Is, is people are hungry yeah. for yeah. what we call social construction. Yeah. They yeah. want to develop their knowledge in nice. a social context. Yes. Yeah. And so do you do that with businesses? Like yeah. You get yeah. them around yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and... And interactive too. You know, the concept of um, social construction, Scott, it sounds really complex, but it's actually really simple where, you know, rather than where you had to sit through a 40-minute or a 60-minute lesson at school and then yeah. go to another one. Yeah. You know, we'll say, hey, here, for example, here's a concept called crumb bolts. Yep. Okay. Short sound bite. And yep. then how does that relate to your career development? Yeah. Talk about it at your tables. Okay, let's get some outputs. Nice. Bonk. And then another sound bite. Yep. And then we just, you constantly keep it moving because yeah. the wisdom's in the room. Yeah. You know? It's so true. It the is wisdom's in the, in the room. So yeah. what do you think makes a good leader? Well, you know, uh, you, you can you can read you can read a lot of the research, well, not research, but, you know, you can read Jim Collins or you yeah, can, you know, Level your, 5. Your I think, look, I, I, I do fundamentally believe, I'll go right back to self-awareness. Yeah. If you've got leaders who are self-aware yeah. and that I have some blind spots yeah. that I've had feedback on, yeah. which, uh, and that I'm aware of who's in front of me, so that's that empathy concept, you know. Yeah. And empathy is not feeling, you know, empathy is not sympathy. Empathy is... I understand your context. Yeah. I understand your emotional situation at this mm. time. Yeah. And I, as a leader, want you to be able to perform to your best yeah. and I will assist you, yeah. but I cannot identify or attach my yes. emotion to you. Yep. Nice. And, and, and you know, that sympathy piece, it, it can be a dangerous place to go yeah. because this is where I start to own your problem. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And right? I can't afford to. So no. If I'm leading a team, you know, if I've yeah. got 12 direct reports, yeah. Yeah. I can't own 12 problems. Yeah. Yeah. I see that in businesses yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like uh, you, you have, you know, you've got a group of people that, that are bought into the vision and, and they understand the core values, but someone else understands it differently. Yeah. And they will want to bring you in to a bunch of that emotional stuff. And if you get hooked into it, you can derail you pretty quickly. Oh, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I was doing work with a big agricultural corporate in the country and we had, a, you know, one guy who was in there being mischievous and trying mm. to derail, a, 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 yeah. a derail exactly around yeah. what we've talked about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. being that aware, that leadership yeah. role is being able to be awareness to that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously having to the, the, the skills to play that out because, you know, I think if you, everyone looks at their business and you, you everyone hopes, so I was talking to a guy this morning, runs a really successful uh, real estate firm. Um, and he, we were talking about, you know, his, his, his high performers, but, um, he was also, you know, what about the other people as well? And, 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 you know, some of them, some of them don't need to be those high performers. They're not on those high performing roles, but at the same time, you want to create a high performance culture. So how do you have both? You know, yeah, yep, yep. Um, how do you have those conversations? And yep. I guess it's, it's getting down to, to understanding, well, as you said before, like, you know, talking about and questioning people, you know, and just really getting to know them. 
So that's the, the, the ability, you know, lead, one of the components of leadership, I believe, is the ability uh, to coach people. Yes. So leadership is leading. And, yeah, leaders are ultimately responsible. There'll be times where they need to make a decision. Scott, I need you to do this. Or yeah. this is the direction we've gone. Yeah. I've listened. I've heard. But in this instance, yeah. and yeah. another, you know, it's that situational leadership stuff that in another context it might be, hey, I'm happy for you yeah. people to come up. With where yeah. we go with this, and that that worked with a, a, a wonderful man called Theo Felbruger, um, doing a lot of leadership around the concept of situational leadership. Yes. So the the leaders who have the ability to do the dance of leadership. Yeah. Which is actually a book by a guy called Peter Kamek here okay. in Christchurch. Yeah. He was he ran the MBA at Canterbury. Yeah. And the dance of leadership is the ability to move, and utilize the skills I have appropriate to what's yeah. needed. Yeah. And yes. I see that in high performance coaching. Yeah. You know, yeah. the best coaches. Yeah. Although we want decision makers, and yeah. I, you know, I've met some of your people today, you want them to be decision makers. Yes. Yeah. There will be times where, and that's the desired place to yeah. be. There will be other times where they might still be learning. Yeah. 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 And also, there'll be times where where um, you just need to lead. You know. Yeah. COVID. Like you just need to lead lead them through that. Like. Yep. And you can't expect them to you know they're worrying about all the other things that are going on so you just need to lead through that and I, we definitely saw that i've seen that through you know probably the gfc uh, you yep. have to lead your clients yep. through that you know the, the earthquakes you know you had to lead i remember i remember in the earthquakes because our business at the time wasn't affected i remember a mate coming to me and saying hey scott you need to step up um and 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 in a way where you have to be more visible about the good things that are going on in christchurch because we don't need you down here because enough of us already down there. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is a broken. Yeah. We can't do anything. You're okay. You can. So go lead the way. Nice. And I thought that was really cool. It was, yeah, it was yeah. Because sometimes it's you, you think the herd will. They don't want you to stand up. Yeah. But actually, some they really need you to stand they up. They do. So it was yeah, a good, yeah, yeah. Good kind of take so it. that's that context. I, I reckon, mm. Scott. You know, we, we talk about with the high performance coaches the mm. areas of grey. That, yeah. that, that it's nice to have black and white, yeah. but you're constantly dealing in this area of grey to, to play or not to play. What does yeah. selection look like? Who's my support staff? Uh, what are the travel, you know, and, and the ability to be able to move yeah. and be comfortable. You know, we talk about being comfortable with ambiguity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've probably had enough ambiguity in Christchurch for, yeah. <laughs> for a while, yeah, but it still is. And, and it goes back to, um, you know, sort of going right back to what you're saying. The other thing I'm noticing is that we are challenging people. I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Kahneman and Tversky, mm -hmm. who did the, a whole lot of the work on cognitive bias. Okay. So Kahneman wrote a book called Thinking Fast and Slow. Yep. And it's a big read. It's a chunky read. It's basically the research. But essentially, we're poor decision makers. We will take the cognitively easy path. Yep. So, oh, that looks like it's about the right answer. That'll do. That'll do. Okay. As opposed to yeah. sitting down and making some, and this goes right back to coaching, sitting down with a client, what is it you want yep. from our interaction? Mm. What would it look like? Yeah. What are some of the things you're after? Yeah. And getting them to really probe, yeah. not at a simplistic level, which yeah. is just easy, oh, we'll just do this, this, and this. Yes. Challenging that yep. and going, okay, let's bury under that. Well, you yeah. know, what are the, uh, nice. yeah. Um, we're working hard with coaches because it's too easy to make superficial decisions. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, yeah. So you get in a you get in a position there where you just have to dig a bit deeper. Is that you, yeah? You're just probing, and you and and you're not going in with the solution or the conclusion. Yeah. 
because you're not sure of what that is. Yeah. But you're, you're getting them to examine their thinking deeper. Yeah. I love asking what does success look like? You know, if we're working together, you know, in a year's time, what does success look like? And they'll people will rattle off and you go, oh, what does that mean here? And then you yeah, go, what does that yeah. mean here? What does that really mean here? And you start to dig about what it really means and it actually means something to them. You know? And success, you know, whether it's in a, a high-performance sporting world or it's in a business world, you know, you, you know, high-performance sporting world, most people think success, oh, well, it's the win. Yeah. And, and in business, it's the dollar figure. But, yeah. you know, we know about triple line, you yeah. know, triple bottom line. Uh, and in sport, it's really interesting. Even elite athletes, yeah, the the dollar figure or actually winning championships while well, they're sitting here, yeah. they're not key drivers. No, no. The environment, yes. the learning, yes. the, uh, the the ability to work with like-minded people, yeah. you know, there's a whole lot of other stuff yeah. that's in there. Yeah, there's daily wins, right? It's not forgetting this. Yeah. Of course we want the Crusaders yeah. to win a title yeah. again. yeah. Absolutely. Of course we want the All Blacks yeah. to win. <laughs> yeah. But we've got to understand there's a little bit more yeah. to it. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, you know, that transitions over into business, right, as well. So, but let's just talk about, let's talk about sport and the, and the Crusaders. Like, how did you get involved there? Like, what was... Um, so I had uh, 12 years at High Performance Sport New Zealand yeah. and... Well, an academy of sport, and, that, and that's where you, after the Olympics, you were building all that. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was doing two things there, Scott. I was learning. I mean, we were action learning stuff. Yep. Cool. Because there was, there was nothing. We were taking what we thought was best practice from around yeah. the world, tweaking it, getting a New Zealand flavour to it. And were you, were you going over and learning yeah, from other yeah, places? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I had a wonderful job. I got to go to some pretty amazing places. Yeah. You know, states. Um, England, uh, China, Australia numerous times, wow. you know, just to, yeah, and, and hang out at some pretty good events and just yeah. observing, talking, building relationships. Yep. Um, you know, I don't want to blow my own smoke here, but, you know, one of the things I have got uh, um, is I've got a really extensive international network. Like yeah. just even this morning, the guy, Rick Shuttleworth, who's running High Performance Sport in Singapore, nice. you know, flicks me a message. Yeah, yeah. He's been out here for a few days. And we, and, Did you let him know you were going to be on my podcast? No, I didn't like, actually, but I'll flick it okay, to him. Okay, let him know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but how cool is that, right? Because you're open to learning, you're action learning, you're doing stuff, you're in the trenches. Probably a lot of people on that journey were doing the same as well, right? So, Oh, absolutely. What, we were what, all, what, yeah. what I love about that conversation, and I think business needs to do it more, uh, more of a collab around what's working, what's not working, you know? And I think, you know, coaches there being prepared to share and learn from each other, you know? You don't get that that much with business owners like you get like i've got an extensive network of business owners that i'm around and and lucky enough that we do share stuff but i think there could be more of it and well there's two pieces to that scott there's there's one there's the the concept of cooperation which is almost a social contract that yes i i agree to work with you yeah and then the collaboration is actually the evidence that i'm also prepared to hear some stuff yeah i'll share, I'll share yeah. this with you yeah so it's all well and fine. So how I'll cooperate with you? Oh, but you're not. Yeah. Gonna, you're, yeah, yeah. you're not going to get. You're those. not having that. You're not having that. <laughs> yeah. no, so that's okay. That's actually your verbalised cooperation, but mm. you're not demonstrating because you're mm. not collaborating. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and and we're we're shifting. You know, Wayne Smith was in the rugby environment was huge in shifting the whole sharing um, philosophy within yeah. rugby. Yeah. He used to get up and share at the end of a super rugby season this is the stuff we did yeah how good's that right you know uh, and that changed people's mentalities where it yeah. was all you know I'm not gonna yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah. and that yeah. i think that's been a significant piece it's around abundant mindset rugby. right like it's quite an abundant thing to do it's it's full growth mindset yeah. going and it's yeah, not being growth. um apprehensive that by sharing i'm actually 
I'm actually going. In fact, by no. sharing, I it encourages me to actually then develop. Yeah, new stuff. Yeah, yeah, true. Because you've learned. Yeah, I, yeah. I, look, I yeah. fully believe. You know, uh, one of our core values in a business is influencer education. Mm-hmm. Just about to make some changes to that influencer insight. Um, yeah, nice insight. But, yes, but you know, like giving people value in advance before they give us any money. You know, and people would say to me, "Why are you doing that?" And I was like, "Because, oh. like, it makes me sharper. Like, it'll make you sharper. Share it, because then you have to find other stuff. You know, and and you get you get a client coming and putting their hand up." Because they're more educated, you know, on the value of doing business with them. Well, you've, what you've done there too, Scott, is you've actually established high-level trust. Yeah. Because yeah. you've given kind of something for nothing. Nothing, yeah. Value in advance. And, and you've put yourself there and, and you've, you've you, yeah, and I, I, I think, and you do it genuinely. I mean, yeah. the key is there, yeah. it's got to be authentic. Yeah. You know, because people all smell a, yeah. in my experience in high performance, yeah. the athletes in particular, if they have a coach who's not authentic. Yeah. They smell it yeah, a mile away. Oh, um, yeah. Great story, sideline about Wayne Smith. Uh, we're under 16s in the snake pit. Pit, Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. <laughs> about to go on the field, play our nemesis, Jeremy Stiles, Stacey Stiles from, um, from Sydney. Yeah. Uh, this all black suddenly walks in the changing sheds and goes, we looked around, it's Wayne Smith, and we're yeah. all standing. He goes, boys, one thing you ought to do today. And he goes, put your boots on. Because when the boots are on, the game songs get your boots on and get out there. And the boys were enough. like, that was enough. I mean, the boots are on the games. And I always remember it. Like, I take it yeah. in context. Like, sometimes when I when I go into business deals, I'll put a certain watch on. And it triggers to me the boots are on, the game is on. Nice. Yeah. And, and it, was a, it was a really, it was a really good, uh, like, to, to come from an all black who, you know, you didn't see around the club that much. But when he did come, what an impact. And I'm pretty sure, like, there's so many kids at 16 that were in that changing room. Like we won that day and we hadn't beaten them for ages. But yeah. it was that was a leading part of that. So there's a couple of fascinating things there around um and Smithy used to do this when he coached the sevens, he used to talk about cap on front, cap on back. Yeah. Because you can't always be engaged. You know, you, yeah. you cannot be twenty four seven. even in business. Nice. You've got to have your health and well being. And I know it gets chucked around a lot, yeah, but yeah. so he used to talk about, okay, hats on, hats forward. Yeah. Step across the line when they're in our performance space. Yeah, yeah. So I talk to coaches, high performance coaches, that when they're, um, and coaches only spend about 20% of their time actually involved in what we would call on the grass stuff. Yep. You know, they do a lot of planning, they do yes. a lot of analysis, they're doing all sorts of other yes. stuff. But I, you know, we talk to coaches about when you arrive, that's your performance space. Yeah. Nice. The players play in the weekend or yeah. the players compete in the mm. Olympics. Your performance space is here. Yeah. And are you ready to step across that line? So business leaders, you know, where is your performance space? When you arrive at work, yeah. do you take a breath, get a smile on your face, because that's crucial, yeah. mirror in your own, you know, how you first, that first, you know, yeah. contact with aliens is crucial. Step across the line, yeah. this is my performance space my performance today. Space. And it's not faking yeah. it. No. It's your I, your work identity, your leadership yep. identity, yeah, which will be different to that as if you're um, a dad or a mum or doc- a, uh, yeah. you know, Doctor Fred Gross, he calls it uh, Channel Thirty Seven. Okay, Channel Thirty Seven. The right. reason for that is Channel Thirty Seven is the business channel in Australia. Okay, so he said you need to step into your business this channel. channel. That's I really liked it. You know, like it was, it was quite a cool. Yeah, but yeah. crossing the line is really that performance space. And when you think about it, so as a business owner listening and watching this, you know, think about what is my 
business space and my performance space look like? And how am I setting that up so I am performing at the best of my ability? So if I'm doing some one-on-one work with with uh, with leaders, even they weren't necessarily the top, you know, they could be leading a unit. I'm working mm. with a young guy who's in a big ag company and he's leading, he's actually got 10 direct reports. Yep. So wow. for him, we, we talk about, okay, what does this look like? You know, he's not even 30 yet and he's, yeah, he's yeah. It, 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 what does it look like when you are in your performance space? You know, what's that engagement look like? Yeah. And, we, and we bury into some of that stuff. That's cool. So we, and again, all about being authentic, not yeah. not trying to pick up the latest fad no. and, and go with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to that evolution. Um, we obviously had the earthquakes. At the same time, the Academy of Sports System mm. was restructuring and going to a centralised model. So we do everything after Australia. Yeah. Once Australia have done it and realised it didn't work, but we went down that path anyway. Yeah. Hopefully no one from high performance is listening. <laughs> and um and so things changed a bit. Um, it would be fair to say we were, yeah, the earthquake had significant impact uh, yeah. around. We had a wonderful training facility at QE2 that yes. we developed uh, in partnership with the council. Yeah. And that got obviously destroyed. Yeah. Um, we were all in the building on that day. Um, and at the same time, 2012, you talked about vision and, mm. and values and behaviours. Yeah there was starting to be a bit of a philosophical shift from what I believe was important when working with high-performance coaches. Yep. I believed in the personal connection. Yep. Um, I believed in time spent. Yep. Uh, I didn't believe in getting creating dependency or the <laughs> concept of sympathy, but yep. I knew that coaches needed support. Yeah, totally. We were getting a, a shift that said we had to be more strategic, which I didn't disagree with, Yeah. but I still felt we could be strategic and we could also do the operation yeah. bit. Um, so again, I, uh, Crumbolts jumps in, opportunity comes up, roll at the Crusaders. Nice. Um, and as a rugby guy, that's a dream, right? Yeah, because during that 12 years at high, I was coaching. So I, I, I coached in the Canterbury system and then I was fortunate yep. in 06 and 07 to coach New Zealand under 19s. Oh, wow. With Kieran Crowley. Yep. Uh, oh, so cool. we lost the World Cup final in Dubai against yeah. Australia, against a close mate of mine, Phil Mooney, who was the coach. Brilliant. And then the next year we won the last under-19 tournament ever held because they went straight to yeah, under-20s. Oh, no, they they collapsed 21s oh, yeah. into 20s. So that was the last one in Belfast, Northern Ireland. We beat um, South Africa uh, and won that last championship. And there's still guys playing who are in that team. There's still like Sam Whitelock. Um, cool. Well, Izzy Dagg was in the team. You know, it was a it was pretty yeah. useful side. Yeah. Um, Ron Crotty. Um, yeah, it was a pretty useful side. So at the same time as I was doing stuff in my job, I was actually also action learning as yeah. a coach. Yep. I was implementing, I was doing nice. implicit learning, I was doing stuff to yeah. see if it would work. Yeah. So these guys were all guinea pigs, nice. really. Yeah, yeah. And then the opportunity came in and, you know, rugby, yeah, scratch an itch. I will say, though, you know, the other thing is sometimes you've got to be careful what you wish for. Yep. You know, I went into the Crusaders, it was a challenging environment, just lost the final against the Reds. Yep. Who was coaching at the time? Uh, Toddy. Okay. Back at her. Yep. Yeah. Um, Facilities weren't fit for purpose. Yeah, you know, after we had, earthquakes. Yeah, we had to, you know, we had a squad of forty, and we had to have them in split shifts training in the gym because oh, wow. it wasn't. And was that it impact, a rugby park. Yeah. Yep. So you know, a few things there. We did some restructuring around um, how our staff looked. Yep. I got a guy Andrew Russell over from Australia who was head of player performance at Hawthorne okay. AFL. Yep. Probably the best in the business. He's oh, now wow. at, he's now at Carlton. Oh really? Been there three years, and all of a sudden Carlton yeah, yeah. are performing. You know. And Hawthorne Art. <laughs> Jack was came over, did a review around our player performance stuff. Uh, we managed to get some movement on new buildings uh, and get that started. Yeah. 
Uh, we had some challenges around contracting and the amount of money we were, you were given money by New Zealand Rugby, but you then, if you overspent, basically overspent the amount they gave you, which mm-hmm. was like one giant salary cap, mm. you would get penalised. Oh, wow. And of course, we had so many All Blacks. Yeah. That, um, that was a real challenge. So, so how, how does that work? Do the, the All Blacks get paid like by New Zealand rugby from an All Black level? Or yeah. So, uh, so, so, so any player will have a provincial contract. Yeah. They'll have a super contract. Yeah. And then they'll have their All Black contract. Okay. And but, but they still had to get yeah some of that. But money. we we're responsible for the super, super contract. Yeah. And because they're All Blacks, they would automatically be top of the yeah. scale. And so that was. Um, yeah, it was a tough. Th- I had three years. So, there. were you looking after the contracts? As well? I do. I did all the contracting. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, talking with agents, um, just managing. So, so, did you have to get part of the negotiating side of that? Yeah, you, yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah. I had a giant spreadsheet. What did you learn there? Like that's. Um, you, you, the rigor of your logic and data was really important. Yeah. Yep. If you knew, so we had one player who was a winger, and he wanted. Um, and his agent, and his, his agent was a pretty good agent actually, but he wanted X amount of dollars. Mm. I was able to get the data, and uh, which showed where he was ranked amongst Super Rugby wingers, and yep. he was ranked fifth or sixth. And also say, hey, here's approximately what they're earning yep. in contracts at, at this level. Yeah. And he looked at it and went, oh, okay, that's fine then. Yeah. All right. You so, know, yeah. So we actually yeah. got it. So, so you had to be, you, you had to have your everything lined up. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't so, go in there. And um, what sort of data were they looking at? Like, do you look at, okay, the. Oh, they'd have meters run. Yeah. You'd have your fitness parameters. You'd have meters run. Right. You'd have their ability to execute, you know, particular skills. Obviously, yeah. it's the the back three. It's, you know, their, yeah. what they're catching stats, tackle stats. Um, we had all sorts. I mean, Jamie Hamilton, who's the All Black analyst at the moment, he was the Crusader yeah. analyst at the oh, time. Okay. And, you know, there was pretty much anything there you needed. Jamie could find it. Brilliant. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, like, obviously... You know, when you've got high performers like that, you know, like um, what do you, you know, and then this could go to a business owner, right? You've got a high performer. What should you be working on with them? You know, like, because, you know, am I going to teach Dan Carter to kick a ball better? Because, you know, like, um, what, or, or am I going to teach my top sales guy or my top engineer or my top um, tire changer? Like, you know, well, yeah, yeah, a wonderful question. And I sort of touched on it with, um, and I'll share this story about Steady in a minute, mm. but um, I was fortunate during those formative years in the mid-2000s to work with a guy called Sir John Whitmore, who is pretty much one of the legends of corporate business coaching and yep. high-level sport coaching in the world. Yep. He's, he died, unfortunately, about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, his performance consultants international that okay. he set up. Yep. And um, amazing guy. We got to spend two week long residentials with them, just doing, and there was only five or six of us. Um, Bruce Blair, the former New Zealand cricketer, was yep. Bruiser, was one of them. Um, and so John developed a thing called the Grow Model, okay. which is basically, okay, Scott, um, what is it we're trying to achieve out of this podcast today? Yep. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the reality of how other podcasts have gone. Yep. Okay. And when you set it up, what options are available to us? And you yep. say, oh, well, we're going to have a couple of multiple cameras yep. and da da. Okay. Okay, so therefore, can you define what it will look like for me? Yeah. So I've just had a moment, I've just had a grow conversation yeah. with you. Okay. But I've asked questions. Asked questions. And I've yeah. got you to outline. Yeah. So we and our coaches knew knew that, and, and so in terms of working with high performance athletes, it was 
what we were trying to achieve last week. Yep. You know, what's the reality at the moment? Where are you sitting? Yep. Okay, what can you do this week? To, you know, what options have you got available? Yep. Those are performance conversations. Yeah. And, and, and they're actually that simple. Yeah. But simple doesn't mean easy. No. They're very skillful because yes. you've got to ask questions because I can't tell you yeah. what you need. Yeah. I need to find out from you yeah. what your goal is and what the rea your reality is at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Yeah, at the moment, right? And that's the same with me working with coaches. Yeah. If you're a high-performance coach, I'd be having the same conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. interesting in the because the environment's changed, right? And, and look, if you look at... Um, say what we're going through right now, high inflation, high interest rates, talk of recessions, that type of stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that would buy into that, uh, that doom and gloom, right? Some people, you know, read, yeah. read a lot in the media, watch the news, that type of stuff. So, so, so protecting that mindset as well. And then obviously um, in a sporting environment, you have a few losses and all of a sudden you start thinking and start talking differently. And, you know, that's kind of the same aspect. So, you know, as a coach, I guess you've got to, you've got to walk people through that to see where they're at. Absolutely, and that's that's the process and system part. Mm. You know, and rather than, you know, what happens is you get the knee-jerk reaction, uh, oh, we've got to change something. Yeah. As opposed to, hey, we, we just need to, you know, can we delay gratification here? Let's just stick to, because yeah. we know this stuff. I know that this stuff ultimately works. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the works that John did and developed during sort of the uh, 70s and 80s. Yep with a guy called um, Tim, Timothy Galway who wrote the Inner Game books. You, oh, play, yep, you yep, play a bit of yep, golf, yeah. eh? Inner Game of Golf, yeah. Inner Game of Tennis. I'm not very good so, at So, so John worked with um, yeah. with Timothy Galway around developing that Inner Game concept, yeah. which applies to business. There is actually a book called The Inner Game of Business, I think. Yes, there is. Yeah. And it's a good book. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, like when you think about high performance and you think about high-performing businesses and high-performing business people, I think it comes down to that consistency. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yep. Because you've got to, you've got to be consistent. If and you're if, changing every five minutes, yeah. people are going, what the hell's going on yeah. here? Yeah. What's Scott going to turn up like today? Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and people don't respond no. well to that. And interestingly enough, um, some researchers later on down the track, early 2000s, maybe late 1990s, called DC and Ryan, developed a theory called self-determination, okay. SDT. Um, you may have heard yeah. of it. And basically they said, uh, Daniel Pink wrote a book about yes. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he yeah, took he their research yeah. and he basically said, well, look, and, and it's no different to the grow yeah. model. What's our purpose? Yeah. Um, what, uh, what, what is it and within that purpose is the one or two things you really want to nail? Mm. Because of mastery. Yeah. Because what happens is in sport, nice. you know, people try and identify 10 different things. And, of yeah. course, we know if you try and get better, you think about your cricket days. Yeah. You could actually only work on one or two things at yeah. once. Yeah. So what is it you want to master? Yeah. Nice. And then the responsibility piece or autonomy piece is, okay, and what do you now need yeah. to achieve that? Mm. And how can I assist you in yeah. that? So you've identified your need. Yeah. You've gone purpose. Yeah. This is what I want to master. Yeah. These are the things I might need that I can go ahead and do it myself. Yeah. And I might need some assistance here. Yeah. And they're great conversations to have oh, wonderful. with people yeah. that, that, especially people that want to, you know, I've learned early on, work harder on yourself than you do in your job, right? So yeah. if to do that, okay. Another great saying by Jim Romans, you know, uh, self-education, uh, well, formal education will make your living, self-education will make you a fortune, okay? What are those things that I need to learn in order to move myself forward? And, and I think those are the conversations as business owners we could be having with our team, okay, you know, we've got our vision, we've got our purpose, but what can I help you with? You know, where where do you need to be great? You know, is that sort of the conversations you yep. like? Yep, and look, 
interestingly, just what you've said there, there is clear evidence in the research around elite performers. Yep. The distinguishing difference between, say, someone who gets to a kind of a professional level, yep. a, a provincial level, and someone who goes higher is not the amount of formal coaching they get. Yep. That's generally the same. Yep. Elite performers do more self-directed, self-directed. learner, or in this case, self-directed coaching, yeah. where they will go out and do extra themselves or seek some other, yeah. no different to a self-directed yeah. learner. Yeah. Okay. So your formal education gets you to there. Yeah. It's actually what you do on top of that. Yeah. So when people say, oh, I'm not interested in doing any professional development, or I, I, you, know, you sort of say, well, actually, you're, you know, that is a distinguishing difference. If you yeah. want to have a higher level of performance, yeah. what you do in your own time yeah. Is a key, and I'm not. Or, but smart businesses, which I suspect you've got as well, will actually start integrating that into the workday. Yeah, and allow people to say, "Hey, go down to the library. Yeah. Here's a book I've just. I'll yeah. recommend. Yeah, go and take an hour yeah. and have a read. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and look, one of our core values is world class training, world class outcomes, and and you know, I've got books for Africa in my office there. Yeah, I saw you had and, a few. And, yeah. and one of the young girls who put the camera up before, she's got about three of them that she's taken and she's started to learn. learn. And you can see that she's learning but doing, learning yeah. but doing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's got a great saying, um, Anna Livia, she's, I think she's 19 or 20. I can't remember that. Sorry, if, Lynn, if I got that wrong. Um, she she <laughs> says, and this is amazing from, from someone so young, initiative is up for grabs in this office. Beautiful. You know, and initiative is up for grabs. And it's uh, like, first time she said it, I was like, hang, that's really good. You know, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. and, and that's why she's got the books on her desk. Yeah. Cause she's got initiative, you know, and it's, and, and she wants to progress. And, and I think that's one of the keys to, you know, being, you know, having those goals and dreams and aspirations, you, you've got to actually do some other stuff. You do. You, know? you do. Yep. Uh, yep. And it, and it makes a difference. You know, it's interesting, you know, the things you do when no one's watching is the real key, right? <laughs> you know, it's the, they're the things that, that, that get you, you know. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it's, and, you know, social media, everyone's out there. <laughs> We're on social media now, yeah. I realise that. Yeah. But it's the it's the work that goes, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm not pumping, but it's me down at the Marist Albion Rugby Club last night doing some work with the JAB coaches. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Me actually going to the library later today to yeah. get another book. Yeah. You know, it's it is that stuff. Yeah. It is yeah. that stuff, and yeah. and it's it's minor, but it's important. Yeah. Yeah. So what what when you obviously you obviously at the Crusaders, what what would be some of the t- couple of takeaways you really took from that environment? That you- oh, I probably wasn't skillful at executive and board level. So if yeah. you're a leader yeah. in an organisation that uh, you report to an executive or a board, yeah. Um. I think yeah, yeah, you've got to really understand those contexts and be yeah. skillful in yeah. how you interact. Yeah, know that game. Like, know that know, game. Know that yeah, game. and I didn't really. I knew high performance sport. I knew yeah. coaching. I yeah. knew that stuff. Yeah. yeah, those people often don't know that stuff. Yeah, but they know the boardroom. They know the boardroom. The games to play in the boardroom, and they know the games to play in the boardroom. Yeah. And and um and of course they're all they all want the win as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so those were some things that, yeah, were kind of, I thought if I ever had my time again, I would be more skillful in those yeah. areas. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. yeah I was yeah. going to talk about failures because, you know, we only hear of the good things. How, how do you deal with, do you call them failures? Do you call them learnings? What, what are you? Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, in the old days, I might have looked at some things and said, well, you know, maybe use that word failure. But now I go, well, okay, that, that's, Something occurred there. It didn't go well. Yeah. That's now a learning that yeah. I need to make sure yeah. 
um, I'm better at the next yeah. time. So when I went to New Zealand cricket, I was really aware of, okay, executive offices in Auckland, I've got to make connections. Yes. The board, how do I influence yeah, the board? Yeah. Here's where we're going with coaching. That's cool. You know, um, because I probably wasn't as skillful at the Crusaders as I could have been. So you didn't actually need to have your time again. You, you bounced into another opportunity and showed... Yeah, you know, yeah, or, yeah. Or lead the way of what you what you. Well, I was kind of fortunate. Look, you know, Crusaders was wonderful. Um, you know, uh, Toddy gets a bit of bad press, which is unfortunate because he was a fantastic coach, and he coached under some pretty extraordinary circumstances. Mm. Mm. And yeah. if you look at the number of um, All Blacks they produced yes. under his time, yeah, yeah, we lost that final by one point in, in Sydney. Yeah, um, and. And again, I'm not being disparaging, but it, it was interesting to sit back and look in 20, um, 2016 was Todd's last year. I'd gone, I was at New Zealand Cricket by then, but 2017, pretty much um, what Scott took over, mm. we'd done all the contracting before yeah. two years ago. I yeah. signed Richie's first contracts. Yes. You know, oh, wow. Braden Enor was the last contract yeah. I ever signed. Oh, wow. That stuff was yeah, all yeah. in place. Great players. Yeah. Um, but of course, people forget. So they forget yeah. the legacy that that yeah. Aaron Major, that yeah. Dave Hewitt, that yes. Todd, yes. and Tabai. Yeah. Because often it takes that time. We've got new facilities built. We've got everything okay. in place, and it, and it needed now then someone like a razor to come yeah. and potentiate that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, take it yeah. to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. So it is important, you know, if you're a leader of a business, to uh, you need to understand where you have come from. Yeah. Not keep going back and hark no. back to the good old days, because no, no. the good old days are here and now. Yeah. But what is the context of where we came from, and how does that inform us now? Yeah. And and where we want to go next. Yeah. yeah. And you know, again, go that learning pit. Sometimes you will have a plateau, mm. but that plateau is just merely establishing a launching pad for yeah. the next bit. The next bit. And, yeah. Yeah. And we had a plateau. Um, I, I did have an interesting situation in the in the board where there was some rumblings, so I did some research and I went through and did an analysis of. Super Rugby finishing positions each year, oh, yeah. and and I, so I, and I presented that maybe 2014. So that was before we played that final in 2014. Yeah, and the Crusaders, even though they'd lost to the Chiefs twice, the Crusaders were still uh, in the top three of Super Rugby teams. Oh wow, yeah. So you know, you know, from a marketing perspective, yeah, yeah, yeah. you could market that, couldn't you? Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. but. They hadn't won a title. No. So the the dialogue, yeah. the narrative was hadn't yeah. won a title. Yeah. And we're going to yeah, say, yeah. well, yeah. actually professionals, well, you look at baseball. Yeah. Baseball in the States is all about making postseason. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, make postseason yeah. and yeah. your sponsors are happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah. such a lot. Oh, I think we're, yeah, we're, it's not the context of Christchurch and Canterbury. We're very one-eyed <laughs> when it comes to our beloved Crusaders. Yeah, we are. You know? We are. Yeah. So, yeah. so New Zealand cricket, because I, you know, love cricket. Of course and, you do. And yeah. a few of the boys and stuff yeah. like that. And, and yeah. So New Zealand cricket at the time. Uh, you went in there. Was was that a obviously a, a, a ship going the right way? Was it was it a great journey? Like what did you learn? Yeah, it was. It was a greenfields again. Yeah. So remarkably, after over a hundred years, New Zealand cricket did not actually have a systemic, high performance coach development wow. process. So you know we've had a couple of clusters around some black yeah. cap coaches. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we got Hess in there to start steering yeah. the ship. Yeah. Um, and on the back of that, I was able to come in and utilise the stuff I'd done. In the early days at HPCNZ with Don, mm. you know, there was stuff that we were able, we knew, I knew sort of how to go yeah. about it. Yeah. Again, it involved the coaches, Scott. So yeah. the, the people who, they didn't report to me, but they, you know, I was leading the coaching yeah. program, got them in a day at Lincoln, 
what is it you need? Yeah. What are, what does your coaching look like? Yeah, nice. What do you need? So we established a, a what we call a success profile, yep. which identified what a New Zealand high performance cricket coach looked like yep. and what they needed in their development. Cool. And that was the coaches giving that. Yeah. And then out of that, we're able to develop a plan. Nice. And then we we're able to start implementing the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was really fertile ground. Um, again, it was relational. Yeah. I spent a lot of time I was gonna say because, watching cricket, going yeah. around the MAs, yeah. just spending two days at a four-day game, yeah. sitting down with Jimmy Pamant, sitting down with Steady, yeah. um, building – I already had a good relationship with Steady, so that wasn't such a challenge. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't really know Bruce Hedger or Glenn Pocknell that yeah. well, so I had to spend yeah. a bit of time in Wellington. Yeah. Again, it was relational. Um, and probably it, the guy that was building the – the gaps and the bridges between administration and the, the coaches. And the yeah, players. yeah. And we had a good high performance yeah. group led by Brian Stronach and, and Pete Sanford. He's a great guy. Yeah. And we, you know, and we were able to start building relationships with the MAs because yeah. they weren't great. There was a yeah. low trust model. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and we actually started, you know, getting to the point where again, we said, Hey, your role, Scott, you're coaching Canterbury. One of your key roles is produce black caps. Yeah, nice. And if you're producing black caps, they're probably people who are performing for you. Yeah. So Canterbury will do yeah. okay. Nice. Just changing mindsets, yeah. you know. I like it. Because look, New Zealand cricket has gone on a bit of a run, you know, probably up until probably the last year or so. But they, yep. they went on a really good run, you know, with and the depth of New Zealand cricket players was quite well. Even well. now, you know, with all the players in the IPL and Chappie yeah. stepping up, yeah. and Nisha's yeah. back in the fold, and yeah. we, we actually have a little bit more depth. There in the, in the male game, the challenges I just caught up with um, Liz Green and, and Sarah um, McGlashan yesterday because yep. I'm doing some work mentoring Sarah. Yep. And, uh, you know, the challenge is now the women's game. How yep. do we transfer some yep. of what we know works yeah. and get the female game going? Brilliant. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I watched a great documentary the other day. You might have seen it um, around the American um, soccer football. Coach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Yes. Alice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the guy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she was a, she basically, um, from a woman's sports perspective, um, you know, took over a, quite a high performing team. Um, but then some changes had to be made because they'd caught up, you know, like the other rest of the world had caught up. Yeah. And it was, it made me realize, you know, like coaching sometimes, businesses sometimes is a quite a lonely position. Oh, absolutely. Top, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and you could see that she made some changes but got a lot of flack for it. And I think business owners you can do as well, right? So, Well, it's it's great that you raise that point. Um, I still have a good relationship uh, just as um, I don't invoice New Zealand cricket for it, but Shane Jurgensen. Mm -hmm. So Jurgo, um, because, you know, to business leaders um, – who 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 of the business leaders out there have yeah. a, a critical? I'm not necessarily saying they have a mentor or a coach, yeah. Because you can you know there's people out there saying I'm I'm a lifestyle coach. Come oh, to me and I will yeah. you know lifestyle coach 101. You know I'm not that. No. I'm not, absolutely not. Um, but I talk about who's your thinking buddy, who's yeah. your critical friend, yeah, who, who's who, you know mentor or whatever. Um, because leadership like coaching can be lonely yeah. and you can take on the burden as opposed yeah. to, hey, I've got this idea. Mm. I just need to kick it around a yeah. bit. And, like you know, it. that's one of the things I guess I do with some of the work I do is just act. We talk about the empty chair. Yep. So you're objective, yep. non-judgmental, but you ask questions that incite reflection. Nice. And inspire reflection. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, also, you might give support. You might yeah. say, well, actually, you've come up with the answer yourself. Yeah, yeah. 
why don't we get, you know, there's yeah. a bit of that because all leaders need that. So, you know, one of my challenges out there would be, you know, have you got a critical, have yeah. you got a critical friend or a yeah. thinking buddy? Yeah. Yeah. And you should have one, right? Yeah, and and Steady does, yeah. and um, Jugo does, yeah. and you know, uh, I like it. It's uh, yeah, you know, really, 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 really important. I reckon, that, and that's yeah. definitely something that you could you could implement and find, right? Um, oh, that's crucial. I, that you you know, to, to the leaders who are watching, I'd say th- there's a real challenge when you have someone imposed on you. Yes, or you have someone yes. coming in hot. Yes, I've got leadership 101 for yeah. you. If I got a deal for you, yeah. you know, I, I actually don't. I mean, you want to know about business. I actually don't do any business development. I don't have a yeah. set package. No, everything's no. bespoke on bespoke. needs. Yep, and because yeah. the moment you go in hot, yes. Oh, I think <laughs> especially that, around this stuff. You know, some yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. Around high performance and getting look. If you need to have a business coach and you need to learn certain things, absolutely, that's fine. Um, but if you really, you know, I think from a leadership perspective and a high performance perspective, you, you know, the less package, the better, right? The more questioning, the more more developing of the person, the better. Um, we we have a wee framework is just on a graph called whoness versus whatness. Whatness is along the bottom. Yes. And whatness is just what you've talked about. So, you know, I'm not particularly financially savvy. So I have a friend of mine who's an accountant who set me up on zero and gave me Perfect. some. I'm not particularly yeah. savvy around um, my marketing. I had yeah. a guy, Mark Godinow, who you, yeah. know, know, you know Mark? Yeah. yeah. So Mark worked with my wife and Mark yeah. helped me set up. And he said, yeah. Richard, here's the golden triangle. You've got to have this, this yeah. and this. He gave me that technical Perfect. and helped me set up. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't have it. Yeah. But the hooness is yeah. the humanistic pieces yeah. that we've been talking about today. Yeah. That's yeah. what I did have. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. so, and you've got to be able to acknowledge what you have got and what yeah. you haven't got. Yeah. Well, you yeah. need to employ your weakness. I'm yeah. a massive believer in that. Don't yeah, try yeah, yeah. and do yeah. so much. Like, good, do what you're good at, and then find the who, not the how. You yeah, know? yeah. And there's that's well, you know, again, you go back to a high performance coaching environment. You know, and I'm I'm working with some coaches at the moment around concepts of how they select their support team. So, who are the assistant coaches? Who is your manager? Yeah. Who is your doctor? Who's your physio? Who is your sports analyst? Yeah. Who's your strength and conditioning? Yeah. And what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. And how do you plug where are the where are the areas of strength where might you need to, you know, who's your sports psychologist? Yeah. Um, because that's no different to leading a business. Leading a business. You know, what's yeah. your sport team look like? Yeah. I like it. What's yeah. your sport team look like inside yeah. your business as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay, I'm going to put you on the spot because this has been a really good chat, but but we've we've fast done nearly an hour. <laughs> We're fast running. So so okay, uh, recession, you know, or or things are getting tough. Uh, what are the five things that you you want to give to that business owner, that business leader, that's going to help them get through? What are the five things they need to do? Um, well, it's funnily enough, looking at. The things you get your people to do, yep. i.e., with someone like myself or someone like yep. you, look at it as an investment. It's not a, it's not yep. a, it's not a dollar cost. Yep. It's actually an investment. So invest in yourself. Yep. Invest in yourself. Invest in your people. Yeah. And yep. and it's actually not as bad as, as no. it might look at a dollar. No. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once you've got that mindset yeah. of investment. Yeah. 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 Um, I think uh, genuine care. So that goes back to that empathy piece. Yep. Uh, I'm working with a big organisation out at Rolleston at the moment, and the people that I've been working with, the 12 managers, they know the CEO cares. Nice. Perfect. So the CEO's investing, and he's genuinely there, and he's, you know, the term vulnerability gets chucked around, but they have actually articulated. Yep. So they're not only showing how they care and behaviour, they've articulated it. So that's probably your third one. It's not, you know, how do you show you care? Well, there's two pieces. Yep. Behaviour and yeah. 
the verbal piece. Yeah. 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 And so they see it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have we got there? We've got four, have we? Yeah, no, we're, uh, we're up to we're up to four. four. Um, Best of people. Uh, what about what about that thinking, buddy? You need you need that. The, the so I would call that what is your reflective process? Reflective process. Reflective process. Yeah. Nice. So and there's heaps of stuff. There's wonderful stuff in the educational world. Um, Stephen Brookfield is an educationalist in the states. Yep. Who has some wonderful reflective um, approaches. You know, and again, so. Whether you you know whether that's a small group, there's a concept of um, what we call um, learning circles, where like-minded, not like-minded, sorry, but you, you get a, a, a heterogeneous group come along and yep. someone shares. Here's a challenge I've had. Nice. And it's like a, the yeah. old breakfast club. Yeah. But you actually come. So Scott like Wilson it. Uh, t- turns up and he says, "Here's a five-minute vignette of a challenge I had." Nice. Let's have a bit of dialogue around Perfect. the table. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might not be a one-on-one, but some sort of reflective process that yeah. could be one-on-one, might not be yeah. one-on-one. Because I know, yeah. for like as I said before, business is a lonely place at that top, right? You know, so um, you know, having people to share that with is a yeah. big, big thing, right? Yeah. Because as she, oh, my nana always said, "Problem shared is a problem halved," right? And yeah. I, it's just one of those things. When you share a problem, you feel lighter for it. You get yeah. feedback. You get ideas, um, which is which is cool. What's number yeah. five? Well. <sighs> I reckon that's out of all that is then the ability to challenge your own thinking. Nice. So this is the cognitive bias stuff. This is the ability to, if I was not my position, yep, or if I was to oppose my own decision, yep, I've got this wonderful plan. I'm going to present it to the troops. Yes. But if I was to then come up with some opposition to that, how would I oppose my own position? Nice. You're demonstrating a higher level of awareness yeah, and thinking. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of these things, the investment in yourself, yep. um, the ability, you, your own behaviour to say, yeah. oh, I will be vulnerable. Yeah. I will be vulnerable to myself and yeah. my own ideas. Yes. You know? I like it. Um, I think you, you, you're in that space. You're probably, um, you know, you're probably in a position where you're able to do that dance of leadership. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, just, with, just with, an, yeah, you with, know, one person's opinion. But, with yeah. really good confidence, though. You know, yeah. like, hey, anytime you invest in yourself, it's going to pay off. Oh, yeah. um, and when you then invest in people, it's going to pay off even more, right? Yep. Um, they and, will and, build trust. They will engage. They yeah, will say, yeah. I feel connected to yeah. this place. And yeah. the coolest thing is because other people don't do that for them, right? So, so you, you know, I always say world-class training, world-class outcomes. We will pay. And people ask me, well, why would you spend all this money training people? It's because I want them to get a result while they're here, but I don't want them to be good humans when they're not here you know and you know sometimes uh, you know one of the metrics is you may have invested in this people but it's not you know and you get some return on that Mm. from the high quality of their their performance but they may go on to do something else yeah you know totally and that's what you want right and and that's that 20 years later you can say actually like you know Sit on a podcast. That's a societal good, you know. That's yes. a societal and that's, good, and that's what the society needs, right? They need absolutely. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. So, where do people get hold of you? Like, uh, they want to learn more about what you're doing. They've got a business, or they've got, you know, how do people get hold of you? So, um, I'm. Uh, I've got a website called lights. Uh, www.lightsmith. Yep.co.nz. We'll link to that in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, and I've got a uh, link. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a Richard Smith LinkedIn, but I also have a Lightsmith yep. Performance Consultants LinkedIn. Nice. Um, that was all on the back of the work I did with Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to have <laughs> um, it these days. Yeah, and, and I've got a couple of Facebook sites there too, but there's the odd Richard Smith around. So, Brilliant. you know, yeah, but um, that's, yeah, 
that's my primary means of awesome. sort of contact, Scott. Yeah. Now, this has yeah. been a fantastic chat. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. And, oh, uh, no. This is uh, awesome for me. Beef. I love love yeah. this stuff, mate. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for your time. Have a great day. And once again, hey, if you've been listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, please you know share or write us a review on iTunes um, and share with other people. I think this is a conversation we've just heard today that people actually need to hear. As business owners, I know it's lonely and I really want you to maybe go back and listen to some of these points that uh, Richard has brought up. And, and if you look, if you need someone to take you through this, then he's the man to connect with. All right. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Thanks, Scott. Have a good day, everyone. Hi, Scott here again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Marketing for Business podcast. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope that you learned a lot from today's episode. Uh, if you could be so kind as to rate and share the podcast with your other business friends and colleagues, that'd be awesome. And if you'd like to listen to more episodes, why don't you head over to our website, www.getdigitalinfluence.com, uh, where we've got a whole bunch of other amazing interviews with business owners. Thanks for your time, and have a great day.